This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Thursday morning. So yesterday, as I mentioned uh, last hour, we had this annual beautiful turkey drive that John and Margo and Station puts on every year. Chad does a great job, too. It's a wonderful day, really. And I was leaving the studio about to hop in a cab, and Curtis happened to be leaving at the same time. He said, I'm taking the subway. He said, oh, great. I'd love to go with you. So we're going to get to the subway ride that Curtis and I took together. Curtis, of course, big ratings weekday afternoons, does a great job on the weekends, and is on this show five days a week. But I started the show about an hour ago talking about an article that Barrett News Media, Barrett News Media happens to be the industry standard. Jason Barrett does the best job in the business of chronicling radio every single day, every day. And this column comes out yesterday, and it reads, Sid Rosenberg, quote, I have basically put WOR out of the game. Not out of business. They still bill. I get it. But out of the ratings game because I destroyed their morning show so badly, literally tripled the ratings last week, tripled, that they can't recover all day, including Mark Simone, who I love Mark Simone. I go out to eat with Mark Simone every month. He's a legitimate friend, but he lies about his ratings all the time. I don't. He can't recover either. Him and Kilmeade are in a a head-to-head battle. So it's over basically by 10 o'clock because what I do to Berman and Weedle is basically should be illegal. So I started uh, naming some of the folks that called themselves great because a very, very minute percentage of you guys attacked me on the Internet for being big-headed, and uh, show some humility. Shut up. This is not the business for that. I'm not a teacher. I'm not a priest. I'm an entertainer. And when you're great, there's nothing wrong with saying it. And I pointed out, Ali, Jordan, Mark Levin gladly accepted the great one. Wayne Gretzky gladly accepted the great one. But according to Curtis, I missed one, a glaring oh, one. Oh, so glaring. So glaring. So glaring. I just don't know what it is. I have no idea. Look, you mentioned Imish, you mentioned Stern, you mentioned a whole bunch of people. And you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, can you name one all-time great that was humble? All-time great. I don't mean sidekicks. No. Contributors. The king of talk radio, Bob Grant. He was not humble. Of course not. He was not hard. They called him the king of talk radio. Right. But you, one glaring. One glaring. You didn't mention Bill O'Reilly. Oh, Bill, yeah. My God, sometimes you need a crane to get his ego in and out of a room. And he had the greatest 10-minute rant the other day that I've ever heard. I've been listening to talk radio since I was like 12, 13. You you didn't mention it to your friends back then, talk radio. That was for old people, you know, who were eating their maple. 
but I would listen. Oh, I love talk radio. But Bill O'Reilly had kicked it for 10 minutes on Cuomo, and this sort of pimps off Vanity Fair had a huge article. The Cuomo is like a hitman waiting for Eric Adams, you know, to bleed out, you know, saying only the nice things, but wanting to run for mayor because, you know, he wants his comeback. You know, like LL Cool J yeah. says, this ain't a comeback. <laughs> Don't he call wa- it a comeback. He wants to run for mayor. Oh, please. Oh, God's above. I want to take this guy on. I want to kill him. I want I want to take him down for the count. But please, how could you not have mentioned Bill O'Reilly? It's a fair, fair miss. And he's earned You're it. right. He's earned it. He's on today at 840. And Mention he it. Is, Mention it to him. And another guy that thinks he's great, but he is great. So, so what? See, I don't have an issue with people who are great at what they do saying it. My issue is there's too many people who are mediocre at what they do who claim they're great. But if you're great, tell everybody. Who cares? And then if you could back it up like I can with legitimate statistics, then shut up. You're right about O'Reilly. Oh, that article I read because you sent it to me. Yes. And it bothered me. You know, they talked about Cuomo, obviously. They talked about Jamani Williams. They even mentioned Letitia James. They mentioned this uh, crooked controller, this idiot Brad Lander. Yep. A bunch of folks that may run for mayor. At no point, I know they're talking about Democrats, primaries, yeah, polls. Well, they, they don't even consider They don't even Republican. mention right. you. That's okay. No, it's not okay. No, and you know why? No, it, it bothers me. I want them. This is like roller derby for them. You know, they're, they're like elbowing each other out. Cuomo in this article basically says, hey, Adams. If you go down for the count, I'll give you the best eulogy you ever had. We'll give you a great burial. And then I'm running to be mayor. I I tell you so much. I want to take this guy down. I want to take down Andrew Evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo I, Chris, right, Fredo Cuomo, and Joe Pococo, their leg breaker. Hey, Andrew, I know you're listening now. Andrew, I send him a deuce, you provenos fachim. Let's get it on. Wouldn't that be the greatest mayoral run? The guy could not run. The guy could not hide from me because I would be casting aspersions from him from the beginning of the campaign to the end of the campaign. And I'd be out there at his compound in Southampton, the Corleone compound, where they hit the mattresses and they're stirring the marinara sauce. <laughs> you know, it. everybody would love that. Everybody would love that, yes. Listen, I know when you say everybody would love that for two reasons. I remember very vividly when I came back to New York in yes. 2016. Yes. Maybe it was my fifth or sixth day on the job. You walked into my office at the old Madison Square Garden, and you said, uh, hey, Sid, you're a tough guy. You look all, you know, ready to go. Why don't you hit the trains with us tonight? And Danielle and the kids were down in Florida, so I had my nights open. And I joined you guys. You and about ten other guardian angels. We met at Penn Station. You took me down to the most violent neighborhoods in all of Brooklyn, and it was one of the most rewarding and educational nights in my life. But I remember it because as soon as we got to Penn Station, the amount of people, and specifically, listen carefully, specifically African-American folks that ran over to hug you, kiss you, and thank you, I'll never forget it. And yesterday, I decided to take the train with you again. This was a much shorter ride. In fact, only about 12 minutes to go to the church to hand out turkeys. And I saw the same thing, amongst other things. Yeah, well, you see, early on in the process of starting the Guardian Angels, 1979, look, I'm a white boy, right? I'm in a sea of black and Hispanics, right? The Bronx. 
and I'd have to get in their face when they wolf me down and say, hey, don't effing, don't effing bark if you can't effing bite. Straight up, they understand that in the hood. You know, mano, mano, man to man. They know you're not going to just retreat and surrender and fold like a cheap camera. They respect that, but they also respect that you didn't take advantage of situation. You don't kick people when they're down. You hold them down. You wait for the police to arrive. So they say, yeah, the guardian angels are fair and square. And, hey, this guy's Sliwa. Man, he'll rock your world. He'll hit you so hard your mother will feel the vibrations. Just don't set him off because he has some anger management issues. <laughs> but you saw me down there with you. We came across a homeless African-American in that tunnel between Grand Central and Times Square. Make you cry. He's looking at the huge Nick posters. You know this guy was in. Well, no, it, it was actually the uh, the posters for the NBA tournament. There was TNT. Yeah. And they had uh, all the famous basketball players. And you just asked him, he said, are you a basketball fan? And uh, lucid as can be, he said, yeah, I'm a Knicks fan. He didn't look like he was going to be lucid. But he was. No, no, he was obviously living in the subways. He was uh, soiled. You know, his, his clothing was in disrepair. And I just showed him some empathy and sympathy because upstairs is the Roosevelt Hotel. And this guy is sleeping in the subways. He said I was from Bed-Stuy. Yeah, he did. Eric Adams has his building in Bed-Stuy right there on Lafayette Avenue. I'm saying to myself... I got some guy named Julio upstairs from Venezuela. Uh, I got other guys, uh, you know, from North Africa, potential terrorists because they still have active Al-Qaeda and ISIS cells in Mauritania and Mali and Chad and Sudan and Senegal, places Americans can't even find on the map. And and the FBI director was warning us about. And this guy can't stay in the Roosevelt Hotel. If he went to the Roosevelt Hotel, I have nowhere to stay. Please, can I stay in just one night? Sorry, you're an American. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. He was one of uh, about three or four homeless guys that you spoke to uh, on our route. And it takes me back to that wonderful video you did not that long ago when there was a lady laying on a bench, Central Park, 110th Street, no shoes on, also soiled. And you were making the point back then that while these illegals are being treated to five-star hotels, the American homeless are treated like a bag of feces. And you're right. And all we get from Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan is, oh, no safety guards in the school's parents. You take on the oozy-toting, dope-sucking, psychopathic killing machines who go to school. And, oh, yeah, no more cops. We're not hiring any more cops. He has forsaken our city. Our city's in a hot mess now, and it's just going to get worse and worse. And then, remember, we passed by his one contribution to public safety. Robbie Robot there <laughs> in Times Square. I've never seen this. I remember doing the story on Newsmax, believe it or not. It was so long ago that we were spending all this money on robots when uh, the cops, hey, human beings, cops, are actually really good at what they do. And the excuse was, well, they can always use more help, and I love technology. Here's the problem, to Curtis's point. It would be one thing if the robot was down on the platform trying to help. What they do is they put the robot the robot as if it's like some type of um, toy, and they have two cops, two big, burly, strong-looking cops guarding the robot, not downstairs making sure Curtis and Sid get to their destination safe. Two cops guarding the robot. That is shameful, Curtis. Absolutely. And they're afraid that Robbie Robot will be uh, graffitied, vandalized, or pushed 
into the tracks of an oncoming train by an emotionally disturbed Shouldn't person. Shouldn't I be more afraid that you or I will be pushed onto the tracks of a robot? Of course. And by the way, before we even started our venture down into the slime and grime, the armpit and the cesspool of crime, the subway system now, we're going down the steps. They had opened up a brand new office before we had to swipe our cards. No, we did not jump over the turnstile or under the turnstile. <laughs> no, we didn't. And I looked, a brand new office opened up. Remember, I said to the two cops there, the hell is this? I never saw this before. See, I never take that entrance. I take the entrance on 51st and Lex. This was on 50th, right by the Starbucks. Oh, I always take that because there's always problems there. But they opened up a brand new office right before the turnstiles, and they were processing all the illegal aliens and giving them ID. And you looked up at the line and you said, Oh, my God, these are all black guys. And I said, Sid, these are the guys I'm warning you about from Mauritania, Mali, Sudan, Chad, Senegal, who come from countries with active cells of ISIS and al-Qaeda. I said, these are the guys who are going to strike a third time. And now you saw it for yourself. I did. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And the best part is Curtis breaks out the cell phone, and there were two cops standing there, too, like the two cops guarding the robot. They were very nice guys, uh, and they knew what was going on. And Curtis does a video, and you can see all the way up the stairs how many of these illegals were online looking to get their ID. And the office was packed, and these two cops are standing there knowing full well, A, what's going on in there ain't right, and B, it's a waste of time. And the video you put together was great. Where can people see oh, that? Oh, we're gonna, it's posted up. You look at my Facebook, my Instagram, uh, uh, my Twitter account, my TikTok. You know, please. Uh, President G, what's on first? I don't know who's on second. Belly slide into third. <laughs> Make a deal with Joe Biden that they won't take down TikTok. I got 150,000 TikTok followers. They're oh. all young. They're all kids. Yeah, we need that. This is the only way they find out about what I'm doing out there with the Guardian Angels. Because here's Sid. He's sending out a picture where he's all buffed. You know, he's like Gigantor. And I'm like an old man there waiting for the blue plate special. <laughs> I didn't and make the that broiled, picture. The broiled trout. You look like an old Jerry Garcia. Oh, my God. I'll tell you who sent me that picture. I hated the Grateful Dead, too. Oh, you did? Okay. Uh, I don't know who this guy is. His name is John Grandson. But I'll tell you, you'll know who this guy is. This guy, John Grandson, was the guy that months and months ago would send me and Lou poems every day about the show, which you hated when we read oh the poems. Oh, my God, well, yeah. He's the guy that made that picture. You can find it right oh, now. He, he, uh, you versus Tony Danza. They have a picture of Tony Danza in the post <laughs> where he's buffed. You know, you he's guys. He's not buffed. Yeah, yeah, but, still, but still, he's 72, right? He looks good for 72, but he's got no muscle. Why, don't, just not why don't you and him get on a stage and do like Schwarzenegger, you know, the Miss Universe, uh, the flex-off, huh? Well, That would be good, a flex-off between you and Tony Danza. We are going to be together on stage what? on a dais later on tonight. Uh-oh. At Staten he, Island? Yes. Yeah, he's a good friend of Teddy Atlas. Like yeah, but I he's am. a boxer. He is a boxer. Sid, come on now. <laughs> if he takes umbrage to what you've been saying, you know Teddy Atlas. Yeah. He's going to say, okay, let's get it on right here. I, Guys, clear out. Let's let's, let's make go. a little space in the I, middle. I let's go. Care. Bare knuckles. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to go. Guy's a good boxer, Tony Dan. He, he came was out a of good boxer. New York. He was 50 years ago. What are you talking about? Oh, man, look good in that picture, Sid. He, he looked, no, he didn't. He looked like he's not fat. But the uh, the page six headline, look how ripped, and there's no muscle there. 
He's just not fat. Sid, Sid, why don't you get it on with him tonight? Why no, don't no, you go up to him? I'm, I'm going to a hey, charity tough guy. Hey, tough. You, you kicked out a dog <laughs> in the Upper West Side. You kicked a dog, right? <laughs> My wife will love you. She will lionize you oh, with the animal God. welfare. You oh. will be the hero to all dog lovers. Tony Danza the other day kicked out a dog. I know. So when I said a couple of weeks ago that a yes. lot of folks in this city don't like Tony and he's moody, he is. One time I see oh, him at an oh. event, he's very nice, and he's a jerk-off. He kicked the dog. I would give anything to watch the both of you up there as he I fornicates you and you mad dog him. And then Teddy Atlas says, okay, guys, look, I don't want any fights right here, but we might as well get it on. One round, right, three minutes, bare knuckles, everybody would have the time of their life. You know, I just said such beautiful things about my wife. Yes. Last hour. And she said, she just texted me. She goes, the only reason why I'm going tonight is to watch Tony Danza ring your bell. <laughs> oh, that's a great disco song, Ring My Bell. I do remember that Oh, that, that is yes. a great disco song. <laughs> yeah, by the yeah. way, I got to ring normally in spell. All of a sudden, he was one tough Jew. And by the way, when you speak to Dove Hyken, truly a tough Jew, you got to let him know from Curtis Sliwa, the street fighter, the warrior. It's time to revive the JDL that he was a member of. Every Jew at 22. It's time to revive. I agree, but I have to tell you that I'm a little proud. I know he's still no good, trust me. No good. Jonathan Greenblatt, the head of the ADL. But I'm going to play for you something later. He was on MSNBC yesterday attacking that network. He was on attacking MSNBC for sympathizing with the Palestinians. So proving he did not get a breast. He actually had a pair. <laughs> but let me get on Noam, right? So Noam, one tough Jew, he's taking on these uh, people on the Upper West Side, ripping down the posters. You know, he was sort of like uh, Gary Gilbert, you know, the brother of the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yes, who, I love that guy. Who was taking on the, uh, the Arab sympathizers who went out to uh, boycott that movie, Bearing Witness, and he said, yeah, we'll be armed and ready for you cowardly punks if you try to interfere with our showing of what actually occurred with the pogrom by Hamas on October 7th. Well, guess what? He never showed up, but the point was now all of the Arabs and the Palestinians are saying, oh, you got to suspend him from the NBA arenas for the safety of Arab and Palestinian fans. Arab and Palestinian fans? I mean, come on. If the NBA depended on them in order to pay their superstars oh, with Jewish money, right, LeBron? <laughs> with Jewish money. I got that Jew money. That's what LeBron said. He did say that. That's right. But let me tell you one last thing here. Noam Laden, though, he disparaged Mother Teresa. He put her in the same category as all you eagle, <laughs> eagle, you humongous <laughs> attitudes. How the hell did Mother Teresa end up with that? You don't attack Mother Teresa. They wouldn't honor her at the Empire State Building when she would have been 100. They said, oh, no, we're not honoring Mother Teresa. So what did they do the beginning of the week? They honored Wu-Tang Clan. ODB, old dirty bastard. Are you crazy? Empire State Building. Those are your peeps. Those are your peeps, No, They wouldn't honor Mother Teresa. Gnome, I kiss you because you took on those self-hating Jews on the Upper West Side. You shoot, showed that you had grown a pair that weren't kosher. But now I smack you down for, for disparaging Mother Teresa. You don't dare ever mention her name again unless you, oh, you idolize her and put her on the pedestal that she deserves. 
Take that, old lady.